Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Teresa Huff. Teresa is the host of the Grant Writing Simplify podcast and the go-to expert in grant writer coaching and nonprofit grant strategy. She's helped nonprofits triple their funding and maximize their impact. Teresa uses her master's in education and over 20 years of experience in writing, special education, and business to help nonprofit leaders take their skills to the next level. She mentors grant writers through her interactive fast track to grant writer VIP coaching program, which is now available for university level credit. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thank you. I'm so excited to visit with both of you, and it's great to be here. We usually like to start our podcast off with the basics to ensure we are all on the same page. Teresa, for those who might not know, myself included prior to my research, what is a grant? (laughs) I'm glad you're going back to the basics because you know how it is when you've done something so long. Sometimes you forget. It's probably new to a lot of other people. And I'm glad you're asking this too, because often people think they know what a grant is, but they really don't understand it. They just know it's a way to get money (laughs) and that's all. So a grant is typically for a nonprofit or a type of similar organization, like maybe a school or government entity, government agency, but it is a designated type of funding for a specific purpose or program. And usually a grant maker will decide how much money to set aside for that program. And there will be a competitive application process and they will set up guidelines and parameters around that of who can apply, who qualifies for that. It's similar to a scholarship application, which we're all probably familiar with. You know, scholarships are for certain types of situations or people or majors or career paths. And so you would apply for the scholarships that fit your track. So grants are kind of similar. You would match up your nonprofit with the opportunities that are out there and go through that competitive application process to try and get funding for that specific program. Great, super helpful, thank you. And to follow that up, so why do nonprofits need grants and in what capacity are they commonly presented? That's a great question. Nonprofits typically need grants after they are already established. The nonprofit is up and running, you're serving clients, so you're doing work in the community, you have the programs in place and the data to show, then you can apply for grant funding to support the program that you have in place. Maybe you want to expand it, maybe you need to serve more clients, maybe you need to enrich it with more curriculum or a new aspect of your services, and you find a grant that would be a match, so it helps extend that. It's a type of investment for funders, grant makers, to invest in the community 
and the impact you're making, because ultimately it is about that mission and the impact and how they can make a bigger difference and partner along with you to do that. And from your past experience, uh, what's the typical process like of getting a grant? And I think on your website, I saw something related to a personalized grant funding roadmap. Is that something applicable to all nonprofits when writing a grant? Grant funding roadmap is a process I developed after helping many nonprofits over the years and realizing there are certain key elements that they really need in place for the nonprofits that I've seen the most success with. They have these certain foundational pieces. And the ones that don't have those pieces and try to skip the steps don't have as much success with grants. And then they wonder, well, why aren't we having any luck? Everybody else seems to be getting grants. It's probably because you're missing some of those big elements. So a typical process would be that grant makers will set up the guidelines, as I mentioned before, and they'll also set up an application. Sometimes that will be a list of questions that you will download and put together in a document and add your responses. More and more, I'm seeing an online application portal where there will be an online form that you will fill in and it has those questions there. And you can usually download those ahead of time, which I like to do, and then I can make notes and type a draft in my document and then paste into the form. But there may be word counts, there may be character counts, there are limitations with those typically. And then um, you'll need to include a budget and often documentation like your 501c3 status. They may want a list of board members. They may want letters of support from community partners that you work with. So you'll compile the list of all those things that they have set forth in the guidelines that they require. And usually there'll be a deadline and they will also have their list of maybe priorities or certain focus areas that they are looking for Maybe they're looking for youth homeless programs that they want to help support or animal shelters or something like that. So you'll find the types of opportunities that match best with your organization's needs and programs and the work that you're already doing and find that mission fit and then go through that competitive application process. That's great. And I really appreciate the tip that you gave about downloading the application first and then making notes to yourself because I know personally I've started filling out a form and then I lose internet or something happens and I've lost all of my work. So that's, yes. that's a really good tip. Yes. Um, Coming from learning it the hard way and just knowing better, or if I need to make edits, it's much harder to do in the form or if something changes and I need to change a number or a statistic or an update. And then it's like, oh no, where all do I need to do that? Where do I have to go back? So it's much easier when you just have a one document to work in. And then when you're done, you can transfer it to the form. Really smart. So you out, you laid out the process and theoretically the, the nonprofit would be ready for a grant, but how does a nonprofit know they're ready for a grant or that they need to hire a grant writer? Those are sort of two separate things I'll address. First, to know if they're ready for a grant, they need to have their 501c3 status in place typically. And if they don't, sometimes they can partner with an established nonprofit, but again, it's usually better if they are up and running and serving clients themselves first before they start applying for grants. That will put them in a more competitive position. 
So they need to have that status. They need to have a good, solid board of directors in place. And that means more than two or three people. They need to have a good, diverse working board. And that might mean several different types of skill sets. The board is very involved. It's just a really good combination. They also need to have multiple sources of funding. They shouldn't just rely on one grant or one big funder to make a donation every year. And that's the bulk of their things. They need to have several places where they are bringing in funds to know that it's sustainable and a stable program. And then again, they need to be serving clients and the programs up and running so that they can show that impact in the community already and the possibility of how much it can grow with the funder. I'm really glad that you mentioned that they should have other other forms of income other than just the grant, because I think something that trips me up a little bit is, okay, I, I need to, as a nonprofit, be serving people before I can apply for grant funding. But that in and of itself need funding to be able to serve people. So it seems like this never ending sort of catch 22. Um, So can you expand on that a little bit more, maybe about these other forms of funding or how how nonprofits can, can function if they don't have a lot of funding to begin with. Right. Yes. And that is an important thing to discuss because especially for newer or smaller nonprofits, they are in those stages where they're like, okay, how do we move forward? And it does feel like you're in this tug of war of which comes first. And so it's good to start from the inside out, start with your board, the people around you, the people already involved and supporting you and the people who are doing similar work in the community that you may be complementary service providers that you could work together with. And then also look at who would make sense in your community as far as supporters, potential businesses, companies, places around, and look at different types of funding. Like it's good to have a mix of individual monthly donors. That's great. It's also good to have a large annual gift. It's good to have fundraisers, not so many that you burn yourselves out and that you overload your staff, but look at what makes the most sense for your community. If every nonprofit in town is doing a 5k run, then maybe your town's a little saturated with that, but you come up with something else creative that you can do that would be unique to you And that makes sense for your cause and your type of event that would fit with that. And then just continuing from there, showing that impact. And I've got a couple of podcast episodes that if you want, I can send you for the show notes. One is we talk about the first year of your nonprofit, what to do to start building that plan and building kind of a one-year strategic plan, just a short range. Okay, here are some goals. Here's where we need to be to give you focused action steps. And then the other one is an interview where we discuss how to find your first time grant funders. And he goes step-by-step through a process of evaluating other grant funders in the community and looking for opportunities around you of who's already giving to similar types of causes. So then what would make sense of if they're already giving and you know they care about this type of mission or this type of population and impact in the community, then they might be open to working with us as well. Definitely send those over and we'll put them in the show notes. Sure. And then back to your other question, you asked how do they know when they're ready for a grant writer, I believe. 
to come back to that piece, you need to again, have a built up funding reserve. You need to have consistent scalable income. You don't want to plan to pay your grant writer a percentage of the award because that's another common misconception that you can do that when really that's considered for a lot of reasons, not a good idea in the grant writing world. It's work that happened before. It's a type of fundraising activity that was done well in advance of the grant award. And the award is designated for specific programs and it needs to go towards that, not a past event that someone did and the grant writer should be compensated for that. And if they're doing their job well, you'll have a really good piece of writing and a good piece of work that you can adapt and use for other projects or other applications. And often if you don't get the grant, you may be able to reapply tweak can improve your, your application, get feedback from the funder, and then reapply. And sometimes you can get it down the road that second or third time that you apply. Mm-hmm. And what about doing that grant application submission? What have been some of the common mistakes that you see nonprofits or grant writers making? <laughs> I've seen a lot and I've made a lot. <laughs> I just want to say that you don't do it for nearly 20 years without making a few mistakes. <laughs> and that's part of why I love teaching it now, because if I can help others avoid some of those and be able to have a more successful application and all the better. Let's see. One thing that I know is another common misconception besides the one I mentioned earlier is that people often think, Ooh, we have these other grants, but we shouldn't mention that in the application or they'll think we don't need the money. And that's actually not true. And even sometimes an application will say, what other for- sources of funding are you considering or do you have for this project? And so by showing that we already have this and this confirmed, we've applied for this grant, we have this fundraiser, we anticipate bringing in about 10,000 from that based on last year's report. You know, you're building a case for why this is a good investment for them to partner and be a part of. If you think about it, like say somebody came up to you and said, Hey, can I have a hundred bucks? I want to go do some stuff. And then somebody else came up to you and said, Hey, we're raising funds for this kids program. We've got this business over here. That's donating a thousand dollars. We have an event next week. We expect it to bring in about $2,000. We've got 10 people who are donating a hundred dollars already. Will you be the 11th? And will you donate a hundred dollars to help these kids? Which one are you more likely going to invest in? The one that wants a hundred bucks to do some stuff or the one that you see other people are investing in? Wow, this is making a difference for those kids. I want to be a part of that cause. I want to help make that happen. Grant funders are the same way. They want to see that you are worth investing in and that they can be a part of that and that you're a good, solid investment. Just like in business, are you a high risk? Or are you a good low risk investment where they can get an ROI, but instead of return on investment, it's a return on impact. Where can they most make the most impact in the community? Great, super helpful. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. 
This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so that you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Visit pm-volunteers.org to request the assistance of a project manager 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. change change a little bit to focus a little more on you and your work now, Teresa. Um, so besides grant writing, we're also a little curious about your work as a nonprofit strategist. What what do your responsibilities there entail? Actually, that is shifted to become more of the focus of my work because again, as I mentioned, that's where nonprofits are the most successful. As opposed to firing off applications and hoping something comes back, we work through the strategy process to make sure they have those key pieces in place. We go through and collect everything and do a thorough inventory, and I do an audit of all their materials, their programs, their budget, their messaging, website, all the pieces, and we work through that together. If anything is missing, we sit down together and really make sure their mission and vision are super clear, their core values are defined, we talk through all those pieces, and then we make sure their priorities are clear going forward. So then with that information, then we can start looking at, okay, what are some potential funders that would be a really good match for these core things that you now have in place and that you've built this solid foundation? And then they're ready to move into more of the grant writing phase. Teresa, I'm sure you have heard this compliment a lot, but we absolutely love your podcast, Grant Writing Simplify. Thank it breaks you. down multi-part topics into digestible bite sizes. What was your inspiration behind it? And was there something that have you kept at it for two years and starting to make it in 2020? Yes. You know, it's not something I ever expected to do, <laughs> but I was kind of at a crossroads. I had put together a couple of online courses just to test and see, is anybody even interested in learning this subject? And it they started to gain some traction. And so I then was at a crossroads with my work and another job had ended. And so it was like, well, what now? I had tried blogging in the past and surprisingly, I didn't love it, even though I do enjoy writing and kind of have a knack for it. It just did not feel like the right way to go. And I knew if I wanted different results or to make a bigger impact, I had to do something radically different. So I decided to start a podcast and if I was going to do it, I was going to give it a fair chance. So I did, said, I'm going to do it every week for a year, do or die. I will publish an episode every single week, no matter what. And so I did, and it has grown more than I imagined. I've met incredible people like you all from all over the world, and it's brought opportunities and opened up possibilities that I never would have imagined because of it. And personally, as more of an introvert and shy both, which are two very different things that I'm working on the shy piece and I'm working on leaning into the introvert piece. That's been something that has been really helpful for me to understand more of on both counts and to move past some fears and not 
hold back from something because of fear, but just go all in and do it. And so here I am almost two years later, still going with the podcast and it's been incredible and I'm so glad I did it. That's great. sounds like you just went with your gut and it ended up being exactly what you needed at the time. It was a scary leap, but I'm glad I did it. And, you know, it's been, the more I do it, the more I see puzzle pieces coming together or threads that I never would have thought in the beginning of the journey, but I'm able to help nonprofits in a way that I wouldn't have imagined and to help them more strategically so they can be more sustainable and more successful long-term, which ultimately that's why we're doing this work, right? We want to impact the missions and their end goal with that. And I can't write all the grants for all the causes out there. (laughs) And so that's just not sustainable for me to try to take that on. But by teaching others and teaching grant writers to be more effective, shorten that distance for them, then we can all be better and have a much bigger ripple effect. So that was really kind of the impetus behind it. Great. And that segues really nicely into your grant writer VIP coaching program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That is so much fun. (laughs) I love doing it. And I've had some incredible people come through that. The VIP program is a 90 day coaching program. And the concept is that a lot of people were coming to me saying, you know, I've read books or even I've taken courses on grant writing and I still don't know where to start. Like they just could not connect the dots. And so I thought, man, there is something missing there that is helping, that is keeping them back. And we need these good people out there doing this work. And so I designed the program to be more comprehensive as far as looking at your skills and your goals and your personality and leveling up into advanced grant writing skills. So maybe you've read the books, but here's how you can really step up to a pro level to be more competitive with your applications. And then also looking at how do you want to design your online presence and your messaging around that to reflect the type of work you want to do, whether that's a career with a nonprofit, or if you want to become a consultant, helping design that so that people will understand and how to use, leverage your network and some of the resources around you. Because a lot of people are sitting on so many skills and experience and training that they don't even realize. And so we go through and really dig deep to help uncover that and connect the dots for them. A lot of it came from things I wish I'd had early early on in my career, and it just wasn't available. Google wasn't a thing, and I had moved away from my very first mentor when I learned initially with grant writing, and so I couldn't ask all the little ins and outs. And so this is kind of designed to help understand how to start, how to be more competitive, and how to get going, and it's a lot of fun. You're obviously a wealth of knowledge, and I know this has been really high level, but is there anything that we haven't asked you that you want to make sure to share with our listeners? I would just say, if you are thinking about grant writing or wondering, as I just said, where do I even start? I would encourage you just start, start with what you know and go from there. Find the shortest distance from point A to point B. That may be Maybe you're already volunteering with a nonprofit at your kid's school, or maybe you already help with a food pantry down the street. What can you do right now? You could serve on a board 
to help understand how a board operates and see the workings of a nonprofit. You could volunteer once a month. It doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. You don't have to jump across the Grand Canyon. You can just come up to a little brook and put together some stepping stones to get across it. So where can you start based on your situation and the type of work that you are really drawn to, those types of causes? I would just encourage you, instead of thinking about it and wondering and staying paralyzed, because I know personally how easy that is to do, just start because that action will bring more and more clarity. And then that has kind of a cycle effect the clarity will help you take more focused action and that brings more clarity and so on. Right. Yeah. It's an endless cycle. And if our listeners from today's episode want to connect with you, where can they find out more about you and your services? Sure. My website is TeresaHuff.com. And of course the website is Grant Writing Simplified or the podcast is Grant Writing Simplified. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'd love to connect with people there, come over and say, hey, I heard you on the interview and I'd love to hear what kind of work people are up to. That's one of the coolest things about this is hearing all the different types of work that people are involved with. And it's amazing seeing the impact that they're making already in their communities. Yeah, that occurred to me earlier. You must get applications all the time that you're like, oh, I didn't know that existed or that's an interesting organization. That's That must be a really, really refreshing thing for you to see. I've learned a lot of really random facts about some of the most unrelated things, <laughs> but I'm kind of a lifelong learner, so I enjoy that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, we'll get all of your um, contact information into the show notes, as well as the other podcast episodes that you've referenced, but you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much, Teresa. It's been a ton of fun speaking with a fellow podcaster and to be introduced to the different aspects of grant writing. So thank you for sharing your invaluable knowledge and making impactful and meaningful changes within the nonprofit community. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it and keep up the good work. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.